You're listening to the Plane Talking UK podcast, the UK-based podcast written by a passenger for anyone. And here are your hosts, Carla Stebbings, Matt Smith and Neville Bounds. Well, hello and welcome to episode number 209 of the Plane Talking UK podcast. I'm Carl Stebbings and joining me along with millions of other people in the barn studio is my first co-host, Matt Smith. Yeah, ignore what it said on the graphics, ladies and gentlemen. It isn't 208 at all. It is 209. <laughs> I don't know what I Well, it's that. just like being back at the 200th again, isn't it, Matt? Or was it the, one, or was it the 199th? I anyway, nothing, I have nothing to say to any of you. How are you, yeah. Mr. Smith? Oh, I'm champion, absolutely champion. Good, yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've, uh, I've, uh, I, I've been uh, unpacking my, um, my present. This is very cool. Ooh, yeah, that's yeah. nice. Well, it's what, I, what uh, type of aircraft is that, Matt? Ooh, now you're asking. Don't look at the stand. Okay. <laughs> if uh, you get this wrong, we're gonna. Owen is well, gonna. Obviously, it's a seven three seven eight hundred, isn't it? Oh, well done. Yeah, a Boeing. Yeah, it's not an Airbus. It's a Boeing. Yes. Oh, well done, Matt. He's yeah. learning. Uh, ba- no, well, basically, because I was so miserable uh, off the back of the fact that we gave it, the only the one out of all the prizes I was any vaguely interested in over Christmas well, the Chris- was the third prize. Was the, the third prize from the Christmas yeah. this thingy? And, and uh, yeah, so uh, somebody very kindly bought 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 me one. So I've got uh, I've got my own one now. So I'm I'm very happy now. It lives. Yes, it looks world. lovely. It does. It does look lovely indeed. Shame it's a Boeing, really. But anyway, uh, anyway, shut up. <laughs> Joining us. In the barn studio this week, he's here, he's not on Skype this week, we're going to say a massive warm welcome to our other co-host of the show, it's Neville Bounds. Well hello, thank you very much indeed for uh, that uh, Carlos, and uh, great to see everybody, and um, I've even brought Mrs Nev with me this <gasps> yeah, week as indeed. well, yeah, um, and so we have travelled easterly across the country, and uh, what a journey it was, but we're here now, and um, all is good, and I've had a quick uh, preview Ooh, yes. of the new barn studio, which I have to say, Carlos, you've done a cracking job. On I know that. we've <laughs> actually found something he's yeah. good at at long last. <laughs> no, after all you. this time, you cheeky monkeys! Yes, yes. I'll say no, that he's done work. a good job. Yeah. Very good. Thank you. So, um, looking forward to coming back. Um, probably to, well, when, when we do the the first show from the new studio, I'll mm. be back here to, to celebrate that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, looking forward to that. Yeah, yeah. So we've got uh, a guest host uh, with us on the show this week, and joining us via Skype, it's uh, our absolute prince of royal, well, well, I was going to say royal jet, royal jet. Who's uh, that? our prince <laughs> of harp jet, and he's back again with us this week, so we're going to say a warm welcome as well to Owen. Hey guys, everything's uh, good to be back on the show, it's been a, a few weeks now, and uh, I've missed out on, I feel like, quite a lot. I feel like it's been a while. It, yeah, it's been quite. It's quite been quite busy. Yes, yeah, we've had a lot. Of oh, and is it safe to say that the last time you were this this end of the neck of the woods, you did have a uh, certain trim of the hair? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. That 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 definitely happened. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not quite so um, frightening as it was once before. It's, I think the whole of Instagram <laughs> for rogues barbers in in Beckles lit up when <laughs> uh, Owen's picture appeared classic, on their um, site. Yeah, yeah. So. that was one of my favourite, most favourite pictures of all time. Actually, it has to it has to be said. And of course, last time <laughs> last time uh, uh, Owen uh, w- w- was down this way, of course, uh, it was not only very snowy. Uh, to be fair, but somebody did a little bit of driving while Lee was down here. Yeah, Oh, picture proof oh, yeah. yeah you see i did i did i, I did start uh very kindly matt decided to let me loose on the road um yeah. and yeah did you enjoy it uh Owen? 
No, uh, not no. really. Okay, <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> then. Okay. Actually, it, it, to be fair, to be fair to him, he did. But it was a little bit scary to start off with. I mean, even I was thinking, uh, you know, and I've taught quite a few people to drive, and I'm a bit, I was a bit thinking <laughs> we're never going to get out of this industrial estate because it's just, it's like. But what, before we knew where we were, off he went, and he drove. Well, I should say, ladies and gentlemen, bearing in mind where we are, so we are in a little town called Bungie, and he drove all the way to Newmarket. <gasps> on his first ever lesson, which, which I think is pretty Owen. good going, actually. So a little yeah, round of applause. Hey. Yeah, quite worth. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He'll be moving yeah. on to HGVs next. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, give it half an hour. Yeah. <laughs> so it is the twenty third of March. It's uh, just coming up to twenty past seven in the evening here in the UK, and we're going to say a massive welcome to everyone who's joined us in the chat room on YouTube this evening. Loads of loads of names in there who've joined us from uh, well from. We came online just before seven o'clock. Uh, Richard King, Liz Piper, Jenny Parkinson, Neil Landwarn, Burr Pictures, Lane Street, uh, Mariana, Jen Niffer is also in the chat room. Richard Adams, First Officer Mike, Cheryl Mandrakey, uh, Shorty Crosgrove is also in F. Uh, I'm just going to try not to miss anyone out. Mariana, hope I haven't missed anyone out. Let's scroll down a bit. Julian Garwood is also in the chat room. Ben Marling, hello, Ben. Um, just scrolling down, and we've got Tony S. Hello, Tony. Hope you're well. Um, and uh, Owen has just popped in the chat room at the bottom there as well. I've just noticed there. So everyone who's joined us in the chat room, welcome to you uh, on this uh, Friday evening. Are you right there, Matt? Yeah, you carry on. Yeah, sorry. Just, just, just making some minor adjustments. Carry on. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> Pretend okay. I'm not here. Um, so we're going to say a quick announcement at the start of the show. Then uh, a special uh, happy birthday. Well, there is a birthday actually today in the uh, studio with us here. Birthday girl. Um, she won't say anything. She won't say no. anything. <laughs> but we do have... <laughs> yeah, absolutely. <laughs> one of the live viewers who's yes, in the barn indeed, studio with absolutely. us. Uh, also, this week, uh, uh, just earlier this week, there was a birthday as well of one of our very, very uh, uh, loyal listeners who's uh, also a pilot. So uh, she's not feeling very well this week, I will say. She's suffering from... Uh, Lady flu, which obviously is not as bad as man flu, of course, not. Um, but it is quite bad. So we're going to say a happy birthday this week to Myla. So Aww. happy birthday, Myla! Hope you had a great uh, day. I'm sure she had uh, lots of cake and uh, loads of prezzies and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, happy birthday to you, Myla. And uh, well, Nev, how have things been with you this week? Busy week? A hectic week. Yes, lots happening. And uh, well, this morning actually, we were in uh, Aylesbury, my local town, and we went to. Uh, Organise all the wedding <gasps> stuff, yes. you know, the registry office business and uh, taking your passports down there to make sure that they've got the identity right and all that sort of business. So that's all set uh, for the 12th of June. So looking forward to that. And then we drove over here. So uh, that took most of the day, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> because it's To us. be fair, yes, <laughs> yes. absolutely. Yeah. No, well, it's very, uh -huh. very nice of you and Mrs. Nev to come over and, uh, and see us You're here welcome. at the barn Great studio. Yeah, very good. So, Owen, how are things with you, Owen? And uh, how Jet. Busy? Yeah, busy. Uh, just coming into the summer schedule now, so uh, next week we get started with uh, our internal trade show. We've got uh, new stock coming in online. We've got um, a whole lot of new aircraft that are uh, coming in and getting started up with us. We've got um, we've got aircraft coming from other bases as well, so you know to up the, uh, up the ante just before that um, summer season kicks off. And our particular one in Stansted starts on the 29th, uh, which is next Thursday, as far as I know. Um, 
So, so, so where do they hold? So, so within absolutely mental busy and uh, lots of flying for me over the summer. So, so where 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 do they hold it actually at Stansted? Sorry, which is this? So where do they hold hold it? Actually, is it just in one of the hotels, or or, or do they hold it in in the airport itself? Uh, well, we, we've it, it's internal, so uh, they'll require um, identification and that sort of thing. Oh, and uh, yeah, it will, can't just rock be... up as a random sort of. You know. Oh, <laughs> no. yeah, no, no, no. Oh. <laughs> a little bit stricter than that. Unfortunately, that, that's my weekend said, ruined. <laughs> <laughs> so you've not been but flying yeah, no, any, a... flying anywhere this weekend, uh, Owen? Um, I actually was and. I think it's the first time that I've been back to Malaga in <gasps> about six months. So I actually managed Aww. to get down there, um, get onto the ramp a little bit because we had a, a bit of an aircraft change and uh, a few. Um, and, uh, spent a little bit of time there, a little bit more than the 25 minutes we normally would have had. Because that's kind of your spiritual home now, isn't it, really, Malaga? After oh, spending yeah. Six months yeah, there. yeah. Having uh, trained in Malaga and then operated out of there for six months. Um, and yeah, I mean, I've spent quite a lot of the, my first year kind of in and around Malaga, so that was yeah. uh, that was it was it was nice coming back to that. And uh, even I if it was I'm just the time, the, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think I'm going to have to have a trip down there very very shortly. Yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Do feel free to invite me. By the way, I've never. Yeah, no. Uh, anyone who wants to come along, <laughs> do uh, do put your names forward. We'll, and, we'll uh, have an, we'll um, have an unofficial PTUK meetup in Malaga. How does that sound with everyone? <laughs> I like the sound of that. Yeah, I'm up for that. I think that sounds good. We'll go some uh, some nice bars there. Get some oh. tapas. Of course, it's like to, oh, ta- oh, hello. Yeah. All right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Yeah. yeah. We're all signing up. Yeah, that's tapas. fine. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, anyway. Well, if anyone has an idea of dates that they'd like, uh... oh, I love dates. <laughs> I love dates. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. Yeah, they keep dates. him very regular, apparently. Yeah, yeah love anyway. dates. <laughs> Should we do some aviation? Yep. Well, <laughs> well, we should do. I suppose, really. Yeah. So uh, we are going to start the show then, as we do each week, with our rundown of the weekly news from around the world and the UK. So if you're ready, Matt. <laughs> No. And if you're ready, Nev. I am, yes. If you're ready, Owen. Just about. Okay, let's go. So, kicking off this week's first news story, it's on the ink.com. That's I-N-C dot com website and uh, it's a story that's a bit worrying for for well for me especially because i do like uh, my chocolate bars and crisps uh, don't tell the wife that but uh, this famous airline is putting a waist size restriction on passengers Ooh. in business Uh-oh. class <laughs> i'm in trouble <laughs> <laughs> <clears throat> so, broadly speaking, airlines are happy to annoy customers if they feel they can make money out of it. What, though, should one make of a curious decision taken by an airline with a reputation for gentle hospitality? Thai Airways just announced this week that it's going to be putting a certain restriction on passengers who travel on its Boeing Dreamliners, the 787-9 aircraft. No, it's not going to make the seats any smaller than any other uh, aviation history airline, but instead it's going to measure passengers' wastes, and if the resulting number is over a certain limit, it's going to not allow the passenger to fly. They can screw right off. (laughs) So we are talking about business class passengers here not uh, not a oh, right. okay. uh, and it's because some business class passengers have been complaining about the size of their fellow humans 
Thai Airlines says uh, <laughs> says it claims the seats on the aircraft enjoy new seatbelt airbags that can only encompass sorry, a what? certain <laughs> girth. So if you're over 56 inches around your waist, hmm, uh, you'll be declined as the seatbelt won't fasten, says the Bangkok Post. It's not clear, however, uh, what the passengers will be able to do. They Will they be asked to fly in coach if they do get kicked out of uh, business class or economy, um, where the seatbelts may be more extendable? Or will they simply be told they can't be accommodated at all on the airline? They've asked Thai Airways, and uh, they have they should give an update soon as to what the, uh, the rules will be. The size of human beings has become a controversial subject in airline travel. Humans are getting bigger. Plane seats are getting smaller. In 2016, Hawaiian Airlines conducted a survey in which passengers submitted how much they weighed. The company used that data to establish the average cabin weight for the route in order to manage weight distribution. Last year, and we covered a story last year, uh, Finnair were weighing passengers in order to see how much heavier uh, they were these days. And the airline insisted this was just for research. Yeah, right. One other consequence <laughs> of Thai Airways' new rules is that parents won't be able to hold young children on their laps either. Though this airline, or the airline, may be perfectly correct in its analysis. analysis. There we go, got out there. (laughs) It's likely to have an effect on the brand. Well, it's safe to say that's a... Well, it, it's so. What was that? Fifty six. Fifty six. So that is quite big. To inches. Be fair. I that mean, is I, quite. I'm a, a very. Yeah. You know, I'm the first to admit that I'm a, a large gentleman, and and <laughs> um, you know, and even even I don't break the rules there. So I suppose, in fairness, there is. You know, it's quite yeah. a generous sort of uh, <laughs> sort of thing. Uh, is, there, is there any comment in the chat room? Just out of interest. Oh, plenty. Yes. <laughs> oh, is there? There's, oh, there's what, no what, we got, what we got, Nev? Yeah. Uh, just Absolutely. everybody's a bit surprised that you said 56-inch waist, but that's what the story says, isn't it? It so, is what we yeah. said. Yeah. You know, it's quite, I mean, that is, a, that, you know, that, that is quite generous, to mm. be fair. I mean, it's... Well, I have a feeling that some of the pilots won't be able to use business class as crew less. <gasps> oh, there, you <laughs> there you are. Scandal. Scandal. Uh, <laughs> indeed. Yeah, Mash has said that in the chat room that the seatbelts in the economy don't have built-in airbags, um, right. so they can okay. be extended. You can buy the seatbelt extenders. You know, I've seen them online. You can buy those. They're, you know, well, they usually have them on on board, mm. don't they? Yeah, I, mean, they you can't, you know, I don't think for every passenger, but they do have some on board. No. Yeah. No, I mean to be fair, I mean there is a really there's a problem with the seatbelts if everybody needs one. I mean, let, let's be honest. <laughs> and also, I think the, the um, airlines generally have a. Um, assumed weight of a passenger of yes. about 76 kilos which is about 12 stone wow um, but that av- the average must be higher than that well now. Sure, it's sure. i think it's been going up over the years yeah. due to well uh, uh, um, kebabs basically kebabs. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> stuff like that so yeah uh, and um so that makes an assumption that it's uh, the person plus uh, one or two carry-on bags. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it's all right if you're Owen, obviously. Look, I mean, look at the state of that. Owen. I mean, honestly. <laughs> one stone one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's yeah. all right if you be a long time before you have to worry about, uh, about that sort of thing. I, don't, I mean, I, I suppose... I, mean, I don't like the idea of everybody being weighed, essentially, as they get on the plane, but I can see why they want to do it, because obviously, you know, depending on how heavy the plane is has a huge impact on how it flies, how much fuel is required to get it from one point. You know, I mean, if they had accurate figures, mm. I mean, maybe they could bring the cost of flying down, or not, depending on I mean, I've, I've seen these seatbelt airbags, mm. um, Nev. I mean, they are, you know, 
they are obviously a safety device, right. and they do okay. need to be able but to only go for the rich passengers in in, in business in, class. Yes. Yeah, well, I think I'm pretty sure Virgin have those in premium economy. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. yeah. but what's the, the benefit? The seatbelt airbag. Yeah. It's, I, well, I, I suppose it's obviously because when you in a, in an accident or something, you fly forward, and obviously it stops you from hitting your head on the. But I mean, forgive front. my naivety here, but if it's plum- plummeting out of the sky, <laughs> I mean. Well, I I, I think the I think um, just from a safety point of view, there is going to be uh, with the the business class seats being so far away from each other, mm. that um, bracing effectively is possibly not going to be as uh, easy um, when you don't have something to rest against uh, in front of you like you would in economy um so possibly it it just has that effect of um restricting or preventing flash preventing well so, i suppose so yeah but as i say like again the 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 only time it's ever likely to be actually used in anger is if it's like you know falling out of the sky and i don't think the airbag is going to help you very much if it's going to burst into flames when it hits the ground <laughs> Well, we like, to, we like to look at the positive nervous, side of things here, Not I'm a nervous passenger, right? yeah. <laughs> No. Not on a positive note. So we're going to move on to the next story. Are we? Oh, all a bit, right. Something okay. a bit more cheerful. Um, so the next story How is... How could it possibly be a more cheerful story if it's, but, if it's because, story number two? Oh, because it's for you. Okay. Oh. Yeah, because I'm just a ray of sunshine. Yeah. Uh, so it's on the Irish Times, this headline uh, is, Ryanair buys 75% of airline owned by Nicky Lauda. Oh, okay. Uh, so uh, Ryanair is buying... Uh, sorry, this is on the Irish Times. Did I say that? I can't remember. Anyway, uh, Ryanair is buying 75% of an airline founded by multiple Formula One champion Nicky Lauda uh, in its first acquisition in 15 years. The move gives the Irish carrier a foothold in the former Air Berlin business, which Ryanair was eyeing after the German airline was declared insolvent last year. Ryanair said on Tuesday it will invest 100 million euros in Austria's louder motion which uh, it will develop as a low fares airline the group uh, will take an initial 24.9 percent stake in louder motion but says that it will soon rise uh, well, it will rise as soon as possible i'm sorry i've lost the ability to communicate uh, to 75 percent subject to eu commission approval uh Three times Formula One winner Mr. Lauder owns and chairs Lauder Motion, which is which he founded as Nikki Airline in 2003 before selling it to Air Berlin, which was wound up last year. In January, Mr. Lauder bought back Nikki's uh, assets, including several A320 aircraft, and renamed the business, scuppering a bid for them by Aer Lingus' parent, International Airlines Group. Uh, EU competition regulators last year blocked Germany's Lufthansa from buying Nikki's airline business. I presume that was perhaps they'd have too big a share of the uh, of the uh, business in in uh, Germany, I guess. But uh, anyway, the leisure destinations uh, Lauda Motion will shortly begin flying scheduled and chartered services uh, from Germany, Austria, and Switzerland to mainly Mediterranean leisure destinations. The carrier will compete in a market dominated by Lufthansa and its Swiss and Austrian subsidiaries. Mr. Lauda said that he was thrilled at the partnership with Ryanair. I have always stood up for competition and have opposed monopolies, he said. Uh, Lauda Motion will be able to establish itself as a strong competitor and to grow quickly and sustainably. 
A new player in the aviation market is born and I am looking forward to offering our passengers an extensive route portfolio at competitive airfares. Mr Lauder will chair the airline while Ryanair will provide financial and management support. The Irish airline will lease six aircraft and crew to Lauder Motion this summer to enable it to complete its flying program. Ryanair will pay less than fifty million euros for the seventy-five percent stake, but will provide an additional fifty million euros for year one startup and operating costs. Uh, the strategy is for the airline to reach profitability by year three of operations, provided the plan to grow the business of a fleet uh, to a fleet of at least thirty Airbus aircraft is successful. That's interesting. That's a first for Ryanair. Mm. Ryanair Chief Executive Michael O'Leary says that he looks forward to working with Nicky Lauder to successfully develop his vision. The Lauder Motion Air Operator Certificate will support a fleet of Airbus aircraft which is something we have hoped to develop with within Ryanair Group for some years, he said. Stephen Furlong and Ross Harvey, analysts at Dub Dublin stockbroker Davey, noted that the deal strengthens Ryanair's position at Palmer Airport as it includes 50 landing slots used by flights from Dusseldorf in Germany and Vienna in Australia. Mr Furlong and Mr Harvey also suggest that it opens up the possibility that Ryanair could ultimately do a deal to buy aircraft from Airbus, which supplies louder motions planes. Ryanair only flies Boeing aircraft and is due to begin taking delivery of 200 of the US manufacturer's 737 MAX planes from next year. And I must admit, I find that decision slightly surprising. That they're, that they're sort of contemplating having a mixed fleet. And one of the things that you you always sort of assume that's quite beneficial, I suppose, is the fact that if you're flying the same aircraft, you only need one set of spares. I mean, mm. you know, it's... Well, one set of crew as well. well um, from crew's point of view, that's a, it's, it's a, a very e easy, uh, easy thing to just have one aircraft type to learn, yeah. uh, as opposed to having six or seven like they might in another airline um but i know they are going to wet lease these uh these aircraft to um to nikki so and, excuse um, my excuse my naivety here what what does a wet lease mean uh well it means that you're going to be leasing out the um the cost of the uh fuel all of the crew and the basically it's just uh, oh, I see. You're the, sort of, you're basically just using the crew that's already there. You're just putting, in this case, Ryanair uniforms on them, essentially. No, that'd be dry leasing. Right. So wet leasing okay. the other way around. Right. Okay. Um, <laughs> Did I mention I'm no good at this? <laughs> no, no, no. That, it, it is quite confusing, and I don't think I've explained it well. Well, there's also mildly moist, our, moist yeah. leasing, but we're not going to go right. there. Right, yeah. okay. So, uh, <laughs> we'll, Family show, maybe, okay. please. Uh, <laughs> but this, I mean, if this, if they, you know, if they work this right, you know, it's it still would work fairly easy. I think if you had an airline like, say, Ryanair here has got all the 737-800 aircraft and the Louder Motion have got, uh, just looking on the on the current list here, the A3, uh, A320-200. So, you know, if you've got all the same type of Boeing and all the same type of Airbus, it's obviously going to be make for a, a reasonably easy uh, fleet uh, maintain, you know, maintain sort of thing. Yeah, and I think too it could be a proving ground for Ryanair. Um, kind of, it's a, a an opportunity for them to test out Airbus, as it were, um, and to test out the Airbus product with a a, a relatively low risk um, associated with it. You don't have to um, buy any of the uh, aircraft, but like as assets 
Um, so it's not. Um, it, it's something that they'll be able to offload pretty easily if they and and to replace with with uh, with Bowen product if they if they find that it doesn't work mm. with them. And if it does work, um, it would be a, a, a good way to introduce another a fleet uh, by having uh, somewhere or by having an, uh, another airline which already has the mechanics, already has the crew, already has the 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 personnel to support uh, a different fleet type. Indeed. So moving on to the next story then, and uh, Nev, this one is all for you. Yes, and it's on the express.co.uk, which is where oh, I, I, get, I, I, I we get all our aviation <laughs> news from. Indeed. <laughs> and how about this for a piece of uh, journalism? Oh, British no. Airways will be introducing a new uniform in 2019 to celebrate its 100th anniversary, it's been revealed. However, the design details are not yet known. Well, that's a pretty <laughs> hopeless piece of journalism. Really helpful. Someone yes. hasn't done their <laughs> job properly, have they? Yes. Right? But it says that celebrating its 100th birthday in August 2019, British Airways are set to redesign their iconic uniform for all its customer-facing staff, it's been revealed. The British flag carrier confirmed that it will be introducing a new uniform as part of its centenary celebrations. Speaking exclusively to the Express, BA commented, we're very much looking forward to celebrating our centenary next year. Our uniforms have been iconic symbols of the BA brand throughout our history, so we are excited that during this landmark year we'll be introducing a new one to take us into the next chapter in our history. We look forward to sharing more details as soon as we are able to. Uh, however, specific design details are still under wraps. Uh, according to cabin crew log, paddle your own canoe. Uh, extraordinary. I beg your pardon. Cabin crew blog, <laughs> paddle your own canoe. Uh, there's rumours that acclaimed British fashion house Burberry has been selected to design the new look for the airline's 40,000 plus employees. The airline's last uniform was designed in 2004 by ex-Chanel and Givenchy designer Julian MacDonald and is worn by staff worldwide including cabin crew, dispatchers and check-in agents. MacDonald said, I was thrilled to be asked to design a new uniform for British Airways and that as a designer for some of the world's most glamorous women it was a great challenge to design a uniform that is worn by such a large number of staff of different ages and sizes and who work in many different roles worldwide. I don't know if you've got some pictures of those uh, at all yes, there, Matt. Yeah, but, it was, uh, it's, uh, I, I, must, I must confess one of the earlier ones was rather fascinating. Uh, the, 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 there were some fabulous moustaches throughout all of that <laughs> uh, going, going through the ages. It's, uh, it's, it's a bit of a non-story, really, if they haven't actually got... Um, but some of those old yeah. old uniforms, though, just looking at the pictures that Matt was flashing up on the screen there, um, I, I, can rem- I can remember the... Uh, where are we? The I remember that, the you can't see on the screen here it's in front of me here but that particular uniform and stuff when they had the various that was when they had the various designs on mm. the tails yeah the uh, uh, ba aircraft just imagine how expensive it, no, would, it would oh. be to uh, to actually i mean ba is not the largest airline in the world just imagine how much it costs to design and produce uniforms for all of the staff not just mm flight crew and cabin crew but as they said dispatchers and all the customer facing staff because not forgetting one of those big American um, airlines uh, recently done made changes to their uniforms and the staff had uh, problems with these said uniforms because I think it was because of itching or some kind of yeah 
they uh, had a bit of a, a problem. Yes, that's the, that's the uh, particular uniform, yeah. But yeah, so it. Uh, I think it's because nine times out of ten, I think the uniforms for cabin crew are normally made out of kind of, um, well, kind of, not something very, nice very itchy by the sound of it. polyester, <laughs> yeah. and then they're, they're not normally like a hundred percent cotton uh, material when they when they make the shirts these, are surely though. I mean, yeah, the pilot shirts are right. Okay, they have uh, to be. Uh, you know, my, my shirt will be a hundred percent cotton. Ah, <laughs> yeah, but you fly yeah. for harp, you fly with harp jet though. Uh, um, well, why is that? Why does that make it <laughs> with well, yeah, a prestigious airline? <laughs> prestigious yeah, yeah. airline, okay. yeah, exactly. Indeed. So moving well, on. I mean, like, they're oh. probably going to make them out of silk, are they? Well, that would be nice if they did. <laughs> It'd be very comfortable. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so um, then, I think the static alone coming out of that would be uh, annoying. <laughs> right. Okay. I sort of, yes, be a bit slippery. So uh, the uh, the next story, and Owen, if you want to take that one. Uh, so this is from travelweekly.co.uk, which is actually a good one for aviation. <laughs> wow. <laughs> um, considering it's a travel blog site. It's Thomas Cook Airlines' a new Balearics... Balea, Balea, oh, Balearics. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> <To> you too. <laughs> this is where uh, Pamela Mallorca and Menorca and Ibiza are. Those set of islands, whatever they're called. Um, Thomas the Balearics. Cook Airlines' Balearics. new... Yeah. Balearics. The Balearics, yeah, that's it, yeah. The Balearics. Okay. We'll go with that. Balearics offshoot is to fly for the first time on Saturday. The Mallorca-based car- carrier was granted an air operator certificate yesterday following months of preparatory work. The new airline will start operations with five Airbus A38, or, A320s during the summer of 2018. <laughs> the aircraft will initially take over short and medium haul flights for Thomas Cook's German airline Condor to replace third-party aircraft leases. The granting of the new AOC follows the recent AOC gain for Thomas Cook Aviation based in Germany following the collapse of Air Berlin. The startup Belierik's carrier is uh, of part of Thomas Cook's Group Airlines growth plans, providing a new base in most popular destinations where it can provide support uh, flights to support other in-house airlines according to seasonal demand. Chief Airline said the new AOC for Thomas Cook Airlines, Belierics, is an important step for the whole group airline. In the highly competitive short and medium haul market, we will gain an advantage with greater operational flexibility and at a competitive cost. At the same point, we can increase our customer experience by maintaining closer control over the quality and product on board. Mm. Yes, yeah, so a very, very good um, news for the Thomas Cook group. Yeah, very good. Popular destinations as well for from the U or from the UK for sure mm. for those ones. And uh, just looking through the Thomas Cook fleet, they've actually they did have a mixed fleet at one point, but they are transferring their remaining three seven five seven three hundreds to Condor uh, in uh, Germany. Um, but they've got uh, Airbus three twenty ones, three thirties. They've got the uh, Dash two hundred Airbus three thirty, which they use in their long haul or longer. Uh, uh, Trips. I've seen that one in Palma de Mallorca, definitely, and I've seen it in quite recently in Tenerife. Yeah, I think on when they have the summer the uh, summer season, uh, Thomas Cook tend to lay on the larger aircraft because obviously they're configured for they can get three hundred and twenty two on their A three thirty dash two. And they're not the only ones to do that. Um, I know Aer Lingus as well does. Yeah, they've um, got. Um, uh, A330 flights yeah. internal in Europe but to some very popular destinations they used to have them out in um, 
Malaga all the time, and that's a two and a half hour flight back to Dublin. So um, they took took them off the transatlantic for the summer, put the seven five sevens on, uh, which they were at least, and um, yeah, they they used the A three thirties on the the high for, uh, high uh, density routes. Mm. So moving on to the next story, and oh, this one's for me. This one, isn't it? It's, so, it's, it's worked out with me. Yes. Uh, this one is on the Express.co.uk website again. Yeah, I know, I know. <laughs> and this one is uh, well. It, this one is about Ryanair. Funnily enough, so Matt's Matt's missed this one. Woo-hoo! So <laughs> reserved seat charges double amidst passenger outrage about seating. So we covered a story a few weeks back, didn't we, about Ryanair charging uh, for, obviously, for reserving seating. On, right, uh, yeah, to on be fair, they're not the only ones, because EasyJet they're not do the it only as ones, well, yeah. to be fair. But I think, I think they keep altering the uh, goalposts here, I think. As do EasyJet, to be fair. So uh, <laughs> Ryanair are facing a new wave of criticism after the low-cost airline doubled the cost of reserving a standard seat from £2 to £4 earlier this month. The price hike comes amid passenger fury over the airline seating policy, with many claiming they are not sat together despite free seats being available. Earlier this month, budget carrier Ryanair raised the cost of reserve, uh, reserving a seat uh, from £2 to £4, and if you want extra legroom, you'll have to fork out uh, the extra £4 as the price of these seats has risen from 11 to £15. The cost of front row seats, of which there are five, has also increased now, costing £13 and one pence. Ooh. The increased prices were revealed uh, I'm by, sure that'll make all the difference. <laughs> by money saving expert last week. However, it's not clear when these charges came into effect. A Ryanair spokesperson commented uh, like all businesses, our fees can change unlike our fares, which keep coming down, he said. There have been some recent changes as per our list of fees published on our website. All these fees are optional to customers and Ryanair continues to offer the lowest fare on flights. Right. Yes. Ryanair's family Family seating policy requires families with children under 12 to sit together, with one adult taking a reserved seat for just £4, and the children are given free-of-charge reserved seats. However, many customers have not welcomed this news as the price hike comes amidst passenger fury over the airline's seating policy. Uh, the Irish-owned airline is currently one of many under investigation by regulatory body, the Civil Aviation Authority, or the CAA, for its seating policy, following complaints from frustrated passengers who were not seated together despite empty rows being available. The watchdog revealed 35% of people who didn't pay more to sit together were separated from their group the most out of any don't, UK airline. Hang on a don't, don't get me wrong. I, I get why this is annoying for people who want to um, sort of do, uh, like, you know, people who actually want to do uh, sit together. I get why that's annoying. Uh, I, I do get that. But why on earth uh, are they being investigated by the CAA because people aren't getting to sit to, next to each other? I don't, I don't understand why the CAA have to get involved in something. Like that. I get why people find it annoying. I'm not, I'm not defending them. But why on earth is it a CAA thing because they're not sitting with each other? I mean, I can understand that if small children weren't sitting, like, with their mum or dad or, or someone. I get that. But wh- why, why are the CAA getting involved in, in something that, frankly, isn't their business? 
I well, suppose it is their business. Apparently, the CAA's initial findings revealed that one in three families are being se- uh, seated separately, which costs passengers up to $400 million a year in additional fees. Uh, Ryanair denies the claim. Uh, a statement released by the airline on their official Twitter page explains their random allocated seating policy. Uh, apparently, the tweet uh, read that it uh, read, uh, it, "This is entirely a matter of customer choice. We are not trying to force people to pay for reserved seats. We are very harried, oh, very harry, to facilitate any customer who wants a free of charge random seat. But we are also going to do our best to facilitate customers who are willing to pay for a reserved seat." Yeah, I, I don't see. I, it's I, I not a understand. huge charge, really, is it? Now, I mean, for reserving a seat, but I mean. Yeah, I know. I, you, I get why people are annoyed. Mo- I mean, most you. most Ryanair flights are, you know, within the kind of three or four hour bracket kind of thing. Most Ooh, of them. So, some no. are less than that. I said they're less than that. Yeah, I less. Mean, I, I'm I'm sure. I, I'm sure there's a whole lot of internal uh, country flights as well that they do, which are under an hour. You know, so I mean, EasyJet's um, average um, average flight times are just over an hour and a half. Um, which, you know, is is really not that uh, not that long, and Ryanair, I'm sure, are, are similar. But, uh, but there's a few things to, to be said about this. Um, to be said about it, this uh, this this article, and, and well, not just this article, but the whole issue in general. The first is that uh, um, with any low cost airlines, they're going to have to find some way to bring the price, the actual fare itself, down. And and that's what they're doing. They're adjusting fees uh, it, in order to bring those fares down. And I'm not too sure that it's giving a passenger more choice necessarily. Um, however, I mean, it, it definitely does make it more accessible to everyone when you have uh, lower fares. With with the airline you fly with, uh, Owen, do you find that there are many people when they board the aircraft that uh, may not have paid the extra money? Um, on on you know to to get to sit next to each other who who kind of ask you you know oh can I can I go and sit next to my friend? Well, you you have two groups of people the people who uh, well three groups of people really um, the, the 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 group of people who will very respectfully ask you um, which <laughs> oh oh mm. well. the group of people who well no because there you have the other group of people who um, who absolutely don't ask. Uh, and yeah. just get up and move anyway. Yeah. And that is very frustrating for us. It, it makes it very difficult for us um, to count exactly how many people we need in each particular zone or um, in case we have weight and balance issues mm. uh, to, you know, mm. to put people into the proper uh, proper zones. Um, and then there's the group of people who think they're fully entitled, no matter what they've paid, uh, to sit <laughs> yeah. together. Just yeah. because it's them. Because it's that's what <laughs> they want. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, 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 I they're the ones that are are really the most difficult. Um, but you know, it, it it is just the end of the day. Like you said, it, they're they're flights between you know an hour and, and three yeah. hours. It's yeah. it's not the end of the world if you're not sitting together. See, see frankly, I'd I'd see it as you know a, a blessing really if you could just have five minutes peace away from the person that you were travelling <laughs> with. I know. I once it's, spent a whole flight from from uh, Heathrow to Dubai. Uh, not, not sitting sat next, next to Gemma. Not, not sat next to your wife. No, oh, no, a whole nine hour flight. Though. You were yeah, in a different yeah, cabin. You see, you see, Bothered? <laughs> yeah, no, indeed. But you see, the difference, <laughs> yeah, the difference between you and me is I enjoy spending time with your wife. Oh, okay. Well, 
you know, she, she makes me laugh. You know. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Yeah. So the next that sounded really wrong. I'm so sorry about that. That's fine, Matt. Don't worry about it. Uh, wow. Uh, anyway, <clears throat> yeah. I, uh, the next story, Matt, uh, especially for you, because oh, I know you like your tech stories. <laughs> I do. Indeed. And uh, this one's a kind of kind of techie story, but it's when yeah. when the usage of uh, certain uh, social media texts go wrong. Go wrong, indeed. Yes, absolutely. This is on the Travel and Leisure website, uh, and the headline this is made on, me laugh. Uh, American <laughs> Airlines has just promised everyone free seats on Twitter. <laughs> Uh, oops. On Tuesday morning, American Airlines promised travellers free seats in a tweet that has since been removed, everyone. <laughs> Shock horror. Uh, you never have to pay for a seat, the tweet said. Our team will help you with free seats if you arrive at the airport without the tweet, which was up for approximately one hour, solicited mixed reactions from followers. Uh, many travellers announced that they would be packing their bags and heading promptly to the nearest airport to demand the promised free seats. Uh, going to the airport now exclaimed one Twitter followers said, can't wait to show them this tweet. Yeah, free middle seats for everyone, wrote an amused individual. Uh, it's uh, Others interpreted the vague uh, proclamation to mean free seats at the airport uh, or free seat assignments. The truth, however, is that it was simply a misdirected reply. Oops. Uh, an American Airlines spokesperson told Travel and Leisure that the tweet was meant to be a direct response to a traveller asking about advanced seat assignments. How do you get it that wrong? Uh, <laughs> We were actually replying to a customer, an airline spokesperson told Travel and Leisure, that had a question about seat assignments on American Airlines. Our reply inadvertently left off the Twitter handle uh, of the person who had asked the original question. However, the tweet is true. Customers are not required to purchase an advanced seat assignment, the spokesperson continued, in reference to to the main cabin fares. Uh, cabins may select a free seat or pay for a preferred seat or cabin extra seat. If a free seat is not available, a seat will either be automatically provided at check-in or at the airport. Travellers should note that while seat assignments are indeed complimentary for American Airlines passengers in, fare, in select fare classes, those flying basic economy must pay extra to select their seats in advance, or they will be assigned a seat when they check in. So, I mean, actually, to be fair, this links nicely to the mm. to the story we did, we did with um, you know sort of some of the low cost carriers. I mean, they're not the only ones doing stuff like this. Everybody is doing this. Yeah, Everybody. there's an example of a major American airline who's uh, who's who's uh, using this as a as a way to get their fares lower as well. Well, yeah. Um, but where do you stand personally on it? Do you um, do you like to select your seats? Do you like to pay for that extra is it something see, that um see to be fair before i started doing this show with with you experts that are currently <laughs> humbled around me it was uh i kind of I, I don't know i didn't really know that there were better seats i just assumed one seat you know i, I knew that a, probably a window all. seat was mm. probably better than say um you know like an aisle seat i, I kind of knew oh, that well, that depends but, on what you need see, well that's the yeah, thing. yeah but you see i didn't know i see ignorance was bliss back then and, <laughs> you know it was lovely back then i could i could sort of you know just got an airplane and not think that i was missing out and then and and now you know i, I want business class and nothing else oh, yeah now. you know obviously this this did <laughs> make me laugh when i was when i found a story and there's there's actually a screenshot someone take or took of the uh, the particular tweet that american airlines have put out and uh you know the 119 likes i don't know how long that was a screenshot was taken before it was taken off and 27 retweets but yeah, it's one of the things that popped up. You know, you imagine that um, 
if it if it came up on on say I don't know BA's website, you know, um, <laughs> yeah. free free cockpit visits on all Airbus A three eighties, I'm sure there'd be quite a lot of people. But you're not, you're not pitching up. That, also, at, um, I mean, this is not the first time this sort of thing's happened. And actually, I don't. I, the airlines aren't very good at social media. I, <laughs> I, I don't think. Generally I, I just, speaking, they, they just have yeah. a little idea of some of the etiquette and some of the you know checks you've really got to put in place for, for, to do some of this stuff. But I don't get how they get it that wrong. I mean, I don't know how you accidentally drop it. You don't. I, I don't. I don't get it. How you? I don't understand how you get it this wrong. I'm the. I'm not brilliant at social media, but I, just wow, just wow. Uh, welcome, Dr. Steph. She's joined us in the chat room, as well as birthday girl Myla. She's Aww. in the chat room. I hope you're feeling better, Myla, because I know Myla's got um... a happy birthday to you. Oh yes, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Myla. And happy birthday to you. That was horrible. Yes. Anyway, uh, carry on. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So, well, should we move swiftly on to the next story, uh, Nev? Yes. Dig us out of this hole, Nev. Would yes. you please? Well, somebody <laughs> needs to. Yes. It's uh, it's on flightglobal.com. Uh, oh, an actual. An actual aviation-related media. Real aviation website, ladies and gentlemen. And it says that uh, 10 months after handing over the first 737 MAX 8, Boeing has now delivered the second major variant in re-engined single-aisle family with Thai Lion Air taking the first 737-9 in a 21st of March ceremony in Renton, Washington. The stretched single-aisle powered by CFM International Leap 1B engines completed a 10-month certification effort in January, clearing the way for the Lion Air subsidiary to accept the first aircraft from Boeing. The 737 has been the backbone of our business since we began and we will use the added capacity of the aeroplane uh, prov which provides to expand our network and start additional routes to Black Bangladesh, China and India, says Darcito Hendro Sep. Seputro, uh, Chief Executive and Chairman of Thai Lion Air. Another Lion Air subsidiary, Malindo, took delivery of the first 737-8 and launched operations last May. In addition, addition to a stretched fuselage, the Dash 9 includes the same package of upgrades that Boeing introduced with the MAX family. To reduce fuel consumption, Boeing replaced the CFM-56 on the 737-NG family with the Leap 1B. Added the dual feather advanced technology winglet and resculpted the, the tail cone into a cleaner circular shape. The Lion Air Group is the perfect example of how the 737 MAX family provides a common fleet solution across the single aisle spectrum, says Boeing Commercial Airplanes President and Chief Executive Kevin McAllister. The first delivery of the 737-9 comes five days after the next major variant in the 737 MAX family flew for the first time. The shortened Dash 7 is scheduled to complete, complete certification testing by the end of the year and enter service, service in 2019. The Dash 10, which is a further stretch of the Dash 9, will enter service a year later. So they're getting an incredible amount of um, usage uh, out of this uh, mm. fuselage, considering it was first developed back in 1964. Yeah, Absolutely wow. incredible, really. But I, um, heard, yeah. I was just saying to Matt, Nev, actually, when you were reading that story, uh, Matt was playing the video mm. for that and uh, those those engines on the Max 9 look huge they do, they? Yeah, yeah. you know when you They're, when you compare them to the yeah. the old CFM 56s mm. um, I mean is, it, is it something simple as it just gives them you know bigger range bigger fan bit more right. power <laughs> bit more economy fuel right. economy okay 
Yeah, but they they are very very cool engines. I I was uh, lucky enough to be um to be in one of these seven three seven dash nines when they uh, when they came into my home base last oh, what was it last June maybe wow. I'd like to say um, last May or June and it was they they were the the engines are considerably bigger than um than the 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 ones on the, the uh, CFMs seven three seven eight hundred or yeah. wow. uh, those on the seven three seven seven hundred series um, of the of the next gen but the uh, this Mac series is they they it's a good looking aircraft and uh, it's really cool inside the flight deck is completely revamped um, and by completely revamped it still keeps Quite a lot of the same, um, quite a lot of the same uh, uh, sort of feel to the the aircraft as as um, as it did in the next gen series, but it definitely looks a lot more um, well, a lot more modern, updated, and uh, yeah, there's some really cool nifty features in it as well. Yeah, good. So moving on to the next story then, and uh, that one is. Well, it's for me, I think, isn't it? That one next one. Oh, Owen. I think it's Owen. One. Is it Owen? Yeah, yeah. Nev just... Is this for me? Oh, yeah. yeah it is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You've got. Uh, yeah, this is on the Anna Aero. Oh, well, Anna Aero. Yeah. What uh, is that? So, this is uh, Anna Aero and the Airline Network News and Analysis. Oh. Another, another actual aviation site. Woohoo! I've done well this week. Carlos, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> it's very good going. Yeah. It's equaling out those uh, express.co.uk sites. Anyway, this says Airbus and Heathrow celebrate the 10th anniversary of first London A380 flight by Singapore Airlines. Wow, it's been that long already. Mm. Uh, London Heathrow and Airbus celebrated the 10th anniversary of the A380 operations at the airport, which began on the 18th of March 2008 with the arrival of the first A380, a Singapore Airlines flight SQ308 from Singapore Changi making the UK facility one of the first to welcome Airbus's iconic double-decker. Heathrow is now the world's busiest A380 airport by number of A380 operators. Simon Eastburn, the director of the airline business development at Heathrow, said it's been a fantastic to see nine of our airlines uh, welcome the A380 over the past decade. Ten years from its first flight, this pioneering aircraft has helped us reduce noise and improve efficiency, while supporting continued passenger demand for long-haul routes. This is one of the most popular aircraft for many passengers, and we look forward to celebrating this milestone with them. To celebrate the 10th anniversary, Airbus and Heathrow will surprise passengers landing at the, uh, at the airport on select A380 flights from 18th to the 28th of March with uh, A380 goodies. So if you are... Um, Flying on an A380 in and out of London Heathrow from now until the next, well, until Wednesday, uh, you may be, Goody you may bag. be in for a treat. See, I, I, I mean, it's we're forever anniversary. running. I know we're forever running stories though, where they're saying that you know, you know, has the A380 had its day, and is it, you know, sort of not not necessarily been as successful perhaps as people hoped. But I mean, it's such an iconic aircraft, isn't it? I mean, everybody knows what an A380 is. They know it's an absolute beast of a thing. I, I just. I, I suppose it's just it's sort of arrived, you know, if it arrived sort of, say, 10 years earlier, if you like, uh, so it was now 20 years old, perhaps it would have had a, a 
could easily have rivaled, say, the seven four seven, perhaps. You know, but we did we did run a story not so long back, don't we, about the obviously the, the slowing down of production with the A380. Well, yeah, that, that's kind of what I'm leading but to. Yeah, Emirates saved. I think Emirates came in at the last moment and sa- pretty much saved um, the three eighty with a huge right. order for um, okay. for some more new aircraft. Yeah, very good. Very good. So moving on. To the next story. Now, then. now it's your go. No. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> this one is on. Uh, this one's on a, another very uh, good website. Back to Flight Global again, mm. and uh, this one, <laughs> this one is actually it's got a picture actually with this one. Yeah. Okay, and, I'm on uh, it. Yeah. Yeah, Flight Global <laughs> is the uh, the uh, provider of the story. Like I said, it's the headline: Seven Eight Seven suffers nose gear failure oh at VIP conversion site. So a Boeing 787 undergoing conversion into a VIP configuration recently suffered a nose gear collapse at Grant County International Airport in Moses Lake, Washington. A photograph posted online, which Matt will show in a few moments, uh, shows the unmarked 787 with its nose on the tarmac outside a hangar labelled with the name Greenpoint Technologies, a company that provides VIP completions to large jets including 787s. The photograph's caption says the aircraft uh, which is at Grant County Airport where Greenpoint has a hangar. Online observers suggest the aircraft's registration number could possibly be November 507 Bravo Juliet, a 787-8 owned by Korean Air and according to the flight fleet's analyzer operated by Korean for the Republic of Korea Air Force. Fleet's analyzer confirms that the aircraft sustained unspecified damage on the 8th of March. Uh, reached uh, by Flight Global, Korean Air declines to specify the registration numbers but does confirm its association to the aircraft in the photograph. Uh, the aircraft is not an aircraft for the Korean government, says the carrier. Uh, an anonymous client has asked for conversion, and this is why the aircraft is currently being converted. It is true that Korean Air is doing the conversion for an anonymous client, uh, but because of the request from the client, we are unable to specify the registration number of the aircraft Korean adds. The airline declines to provide any additional details. Greenpoint did not respond to an email or telephone call from Flight Global and to the Grant County Airport, who did not immediately respond to a request for a comment. Uh, so it's safe to say that uh, that particular aircraft there is having a, a slight, um, well, drop in uh, altitude at the <laughs> nose end of yeah, the well, aircraft. Yeah, they manage that because aren't these, isn't the landing gear supposed to have proper in, interlocks yeah. and uplocks and all the rest of it to pre- prevent um, any kind of um, gear attraction on, on the ground? I mean... Oh, I see. Right. Okay. So it didn't sort of like scrape along the ground and sort of end up. No. Like it just, no. Okay. <laughs> I think well, it was done a bow. Presumably, there was circuit breakers pulled for um, whatever reason while they were installing extra electrics, or when they were installing this, that, and the other, and just maybe the wrong circuit breaker was pulled at the wrong time. But I mean, something that's, as simple I mean, as that. Would something like that write it off? No, no, it wouldn't write it off, but it, it would be, it'd probably be a, a, a slight issue with some tea cutting and polishing <laughs> on well, uh, now, various panels. Well, the interesting thing, because this is 787 and you've got a carbon fiber Oh, it's composite, shell, yeah. It's got to be a lot more difficult to repair. Bit of filler, that's what you need, be. bit of filler. Yeah, rub it down, <laughs> put a, cram in a bit of filler. That'll a trip to the local garage yeah, will sort that one yeah, out. Yeah, absolutely, off to your local car But if place, you notice yeah. as well, um, on that picture, Matt, uh, Nev, do you notice how close the engine nacelles are to the to the tarmac? 
with that uh, well, they're, particular. They're on it. They're, they are actually. Yeah. <laughs> they're on the target. Well, they're, they're quite close anyway. Uh, yes. But yeah, mm. you lose the front land again. That's uh, that's a game over. Yeah. Yeah. So, so that's that's an expensive. Like the engines and the engine cells and everything, they're going to be expensive as well as the uh, the fixing the carbon fiber. Um, because that's not expensive, or that's not cheap to uh, to to fix, and it's it's quite difficult. You remember the uh, was it the Ethiopian seven eight seven that was um, that was basically stuck in was it a tent in Heathrow maybe? Right. Oh, the battery yeah. The, uh, yeah. thermal remember runaway business. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 Well, that was that was expensive, and that had something to do with the fuselage as well, didn't it? Oh One thing I tell you, look at that picture though. I'd hate to be a uh, cabin crew pushing a trolley from the front section to the rear. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That would that would be an issue certainly. Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> <Owen's> yeah. face. <laughs> yeah. Horrible. Absolutely horrible. It, it, it's it's kind of the way it is though. You know, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, with the with uh, take off and, and and our our climb and descent uh, phases of flight. No, that's that's not far off. <laughs> <laughs> right. Okay. Moving on. Moving uh, on. The next story. <laughs> the next Again, story. Flight Global is the uh, uh, is the. Uh my brain is really yeah that's yeah. the story we'll go with the word story sorry uh, it's it's uh, the headline is aero 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 what is that aero 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 oh dear I, right aero linius grounds 1577s after a hailstorm aero Argentina's oh dear have you picked this especially for me uh, has grounded 15 Boeing 737 aircraft in its domestic and regional fleet after the aircraft were damaged by severe hailstorms on the 4th of March at Buenos Aires uh, Aeroport Airport even Aeroparkner I don't know. Anyway, Buenos Aires, oh, Buenos Aires Airport. Uh, the Sky Team airline was cancelled. Multiple uh, had cancelled multiple flights until the 25th of March and temporarily halted all domestic fare sales. The carrier cancelled 35 flights and rescheduled 49 flights today. No other airlines have reported similar damage to their aircraft. An Aerolinia spokesman says that the airline is assessing the aircraft damage with the help of Boeing, adding that some aircraft will require more. Complex repairs after others have been returned to service. Aerolinius is deploying an Airbus A330 to transport passengers on high demand routes. He adds, the airline hopes to have most of the aircraft back in operation uh, before the Easter travel weekend. So it's a bit vague that story, but um, yeah, it seems quite... a bit strange that nobody else was affected by the hailstorm. What what exactly was occurring? Yeah, I, I, this is probably this could have been quite a localized storm. We know how sort of some certain storms can be quite localized. But they can't have been the only area. people in that at that. At that area, I mean, if if it was an, at an airport, I mean, it's a, it's a, you know, the Buenos Aires airport is has more than just, you know, aerolinius that, yeah. going in and out of it. Um, I mean, I don't know quite which models of the the seven three seven these were, which were damaged, but they have recently in the last few months taken delivery of three brand new Max eight seven three sevens. They also have seven seven three seven seven hundreds and eight hundred series. Right. But uh, I mean, for those of you. Uh, who have seen the, the stories online and the pictures online? Hail can be incredibly oh, no, damaging I, I, to aircraft, I, I, I get um, that, but especially just... you know heavy hail. Uh, what do you reckon, Nev? 
Yes, we've seen in the past, haven't we, how much damage hail can do to uh, nose cones and uh, leading edge parts of the wing, that, that kind of thing. There's plenty of uh, pictures online of, of damage that's occurred there. I mean, obviously, there, there's some damage which is minor, but some of it can be quite bad as well and mm. doing uh, you know, a, lot of, uh, a lot of damage to the uh, aircraft. So moving on to the next story, and... Uh, this is Nevs. Nevs, mm. yeah. And it whistle on Flight Global, we so are. that's that's a good thing, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. Feeling more confident about yes. life. <clears throat> yes. Uh, but there's, there's words in this article that I don't understand, but I'll pretend that I do, uh, and we'll see how we go. <laughs> okay. It says, GE Aviation plans to start delivery of a, a dura- uh, sorry, delivering a durability upgrade in mid-2018 for the engines powering the Boeing 747-8, the engine maker confirms to Flight Global. The upgrade involvements, improvements, that doesn't actually make sense, the upgrade involves improvements to four areas in the core of the engine, including the fuel nozzles and the second generation of the twin annular pre-swirl TAPS-2 combustor, the company says. That was the bit that I was concerned about. <laughs> The durability upgrades also target the first stage of the high-pressure turbine with improvements to the blades and the nozzles of the dual-rotor engine. The improvements will increase time on wing for the engine, GE says. An engine used for certification testing was visible during a 21st of March tour of Boeing's Rapid Modification Centre in San Antonio. The centre's dedicated hangar contained a Boeing-owned 747-8, which was used as a test bed for the upgrade upgraded Gen X-2B engine. GE had completed flight testing on the engine a week ago, according to Boeing. It has already been removed from the wing and set aside inside the hangar. The engine was used to test the upgraded components that required flight testing to validate their airworthiness, GE says. The majority of these improvements are being introduced into production now as we await certification on the remaining parts that require the flight test, GE adds. The durability upgrade marks the first known update of the Gen X 2B engine since 2013 when GE rolled out a performance improvement package, PIP, and uh, that's based largely on upgrades introduced for the PIP2 version of the 787's Gen X1B engine. The PIP for the 747-8 propulsion system is intended to reduce reduce fuel burn by 1.6%, which doesn't sound a lot, but actually on long-range aircraft, that is a lot of fuel. And that's what all these mm. modifications and tweaks are all mm. about at the moment. It's... You know, Easy, easy, easy. And you know, <laughs> when you look at some of the prices, I mean, we've talked about prices of air airliners, mm. you, know, you know, like the Airbuses and the Boeings and stuff, and how much these airliners cost to buy as an aircraft. But looking at the prices of a, a Gen or the Gen or Gen X two B engine, um, these engines have uh, a list price of just over twenty two million dollars each. <laughs> Per engine, wow. and there are four of these on wow. the the seven four seven dash eight. So it's it's it's, it's a- expensive. Aviation is expensive. It's, it's, it is yeah, expensive. It's, it's no getting away from it at all. But it's one hell of an engine. I've seen yeah. uh, the videos. A few videos on YouTube actually of the tests they done with these uh, the engine and stuff with the seven four dash eight. And uh, it does. It looks awesome. It, mm. uh, it sounds it nice as well. It sounds yeah. very nice. I wonder does this mean um, that the Boeing, who obviously are working quite closely in, in partnership with GE um, for these these engines. I wonder, does that mean that they're they're 
they see a lot more of a or a lot longer life for the seven four seven than maybe uh, might be. In freighter versions, I think it's uh, it's going to be around for quite a while. And as we've said before on the show, the passenger variant of the the, the seven four seven eight has not sort of sold as many as what Boeing I think have hoped. But um, it, you know, we talk about all the time about the seven four seven sort of disappearing from the skies. I mean, the dash four hundred is you know steadily disappearing from the skies in, in passenger form. But I think you know the seven four seven is going to be around in the skies for uh, mm. a considerable amount of years longer. Before it, but it definitely, at least it um, it it's it's good to see that they're 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 not letting it die, that they're they're keeping a, a, a improving mm. the the components in it and uh, getting saving it money. Better. That's what it's all about. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So we're going to move on to the last story in a commercial news segment this week, and it is the well, it's the mother of all top tens. Uh-oh. Because we've got not we've got, we've got three top tens this week, so we might be here a little while. Oh, right, okay. But uh, this one <laughs> okay. is that's the military out of the window. Yeah, then. yeah. sorry, Jonathan. Um, no, the uh, the the, the uh, Skytrax. Most of you will have probably have heard of uh, Skytrax. They do various kind of uh, reviews and stuff about airports, airlines, and uh, this is on the uh, website is the airlinequality.com website, and uh, the headline: the world's best airports are announced for 2018 so we've got three top tens we've got the uh, the world's top 10 uh, best airports we've also got uh, the world's best airport terminals and we've also got the world's best airport baggage delivery which i'm guessing is how quick they can get the uh, particular baggage to you on the carousel so we're going to start with uh, the world's uh, top 10 airports okay all right is there anything to, to say to that or is that it we're just we're just throwing ourselves right in there go go, go. <laughs> or, or not or not or not that'll be why okay Right, so just bear with me a moment, ladies and gentlemen. So we'll pretend bit of, bit that of fill in music. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> do, if do, I do. if I could play music, that wouldn't be the problem. You wouldn't uh, think this is a live show, would you guys? What, what, what gave it away? Uh, oh. oh, there we there go. It is. Okay, there we go. Right, <laughs> that was smooth. All right, okay. So, uh, so here. Are, well, no, I'll just start okay. the music because oh, right, start we, the music we do, again. Yeah, and, and then we'll just launch straight into it. It's it'll 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 be fine in it'll the be edit. Post, really. yeah, 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 after yeah. edit, yes. So the world's top ten airports then. Here we go. So we're going to start off at... It is number ten. At number ten, it's Frankfurt Airport. Okay, in at number nine, please, Nev. Zurich Airport. Very good. Please, Owen, number eight. Our local London Heathrow. Carlos, back to you. It's number seven. At number seven, it's Chibou Centre International Airport. I I beg your pardon. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number six, please, Nev. That's Munich Airport. It's middle for niddle, 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 it's middle for niddle, it's number five. Owen. Sorry. (laughs) (laughs) I'm at International Airport. (laughs) Number four, please, Carlos. You can't go wrong at number four. It's Hong Kong International Airport. It's a new climber this week at number three, please, Nev. It's Tokyo Haneda International Airport. Uh, in at number two, please, Owen. Incheon International Airport. And it's our biggest climber this week. It is number one, Carlos. Number one, it's Incheon. Oh, no, Singapore Changi 
Airport. There we go. <laughs> okay, we'll leave the music running. Let's go straight into the next one. So the next one are the world's best airport terminals. The world's so, best airport terminals in at number ten. At number ten, oh no, it's Baku Haidar Aliv. Aliyev you see, Airport, this is called Karma. Terminal this is 1. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> In at number 9, please, Ned. That's Mumbai, Terminal oh, 2. That's an easy <laughs> Yeah. Uh, Owen, please, number 8. Paris Charles de Gaulle, Terminal Very 2M. Good. Number 7, please, Carlos. Number 7, Dubai, Terminal 3. Number 6, please. That's Madrid, uh, Terminal 4. Number 5. Tokyo Haneda International. Uh, in at number four, please, Carlos. Oh, I've been here. It's number. F- oh, wait, it's number four. It's London Heathrow Terminal. Oh, have five. you? Yeah, I went there only yesterday. Uh, at, in at number four, please. No, number three. Sorry, it is our highest climber this week. It is, and it's Singapore Changi Terminal Three. Oh, and please, number two. This is Munich Terminals Two. Top of the charts, it is number one. It's Neb's favourite. It's London Heathrow Terminal 2. Oh, I like that. Wow, really? No, what, number two? No, yes. he's number five. He doesn't spend any time in Terminal <laughs> 2. <laughs> he's quite nice. Yeah, he's, you're absolutely. So uh, next up, it's okay. uh, the world's best airport baggage okay. delivery. And in honour of the fact that the legend that is Jim Bowen, who I know will mean nothing to any of our American listeners here who, uh, who passed away uh, last week, I'm going to do it in this way. So let's go in ten. Number ten, it's Copenhagen. Uh, in nine, it's Munich. In eight, <laughs> Central Nagoya. In seven, Singapore Changi. Do you, do you know sometimes you wish you don't start something? In six, <laughs> Zurich. <laughs> in five, Tokyo Narita. In four. Oh no! Oh good. <laughs> Taiwan, Taiwan. Very good. Lovely. You can get a cream for that. In what number are we at? Three. <laughs> number three. In three. And it's Incheon. In two. It's Tokyo Canada. And Bully's special prize. It's number one. It's Kansai Airport. <laughs> Kansai, that's Osaka. Oh, thank you, Owen. Right, okay, yeah. there we go. So, if you <laughs> want to get your baggage <laughs> within three Kansai years, is, is uh, yeah, in Kansai. Osaka Centre, Nagoya, um, which is also referred to in the first one as Chubu um, wow. Centre. So that's in Nagoya. Can I just point uh, out that the, the the best airport baggage delivery there are? Um, there's no UK airports there. Is there not? No. No, and there's how many Japanese airports? Uh, One, lots. two, three, yeah. four of them. Yes, because they know how to do efficient things, though, you see. This well, I'll tell you what. I've been to both uh, Nagoya and Kansai, and I've never had to get my bag at either Narita, Narita or Haneda, but definitely in um, Nagoya and Kansai, they are very, very efficient, and almost always, as soon as we're out of uh, passport control, they time it really, really well so that you, you're... You're not. Uh, it's not going around the belt already, but you you get there and it just starts and it just gets going. So uh, it keeps everyone moving nicely and it's they're they're very very efficient there. I must it's say actually quite, quite at, amazing at Heathrow. So uh, I was picking up my friend Sophie from Terminal Four, and uh, it took them. Bearing in mind that she was the first flight in of the day, I don't know if that's maybe why it took them so long. But it took them forty minutes to get them get the bags from. They were actually waiting at the carousel for ages. Before yeah, the bag started I was too, out. actually, when I came back from uh, from Atlanta the last time. Uh, what were you, but that was Terminal 3, wasn't it? No, that was Terminal... Uh... 
Anyway, yeah. Terminal. Oh, maybe it was Terminal Three. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I dropped you off at Terminal Three anyway when you went when you went out, but uh, that doesn't necessarily mean you come back on that one. Anyway. So yes, Nev, sorry. I mean, you are you've used Heathrow a number of times. Uh, reach number eight spot on that top ten. Deserving. I'm, su- I'm surprised it did that well. <laughs> it just depends on what time of day it is and how it's all going. Sometimes it's just been an absolute breeze. Other times I've waited. Yeah, actually, but quite a long time to to get through and into the car park. Yeah, yeah. So I, I, I must just say, sorry, I'm going to interrupt you ever so slightly here. And just say, I just had a text message from Jonathan Warner, who is sitting there patiently, hoping that there is right. actually going to be some time for some military. And uh, it has to. He's, he's he's just sent me this much saying, I'm I've got a very busy day at work. Look, there we go. He's having a very busy. <laughs> Mm. It's a tough life, isn't it? <laughs> nice oh, boiler suit, that. by Love the way. That. That's very impressive. Yeah, absolutely. and uh, off the top, off the top of that story, then the the awards, the Skytrax awards, were actually held at uh, Passenger Terminal Expo in Stockholm, Sweden, on the twenty first of March, which okay. was actually on Wednesday this week. Very so good. there we go. Okay. So you, well, they've you, got the. Uh, they've also got a load of other ones on WorldAirportAwards.com If anyone wants to go and uh, take a look, but they've got things like the world's cleanest airport, <gasps> the world's best airport for shopping, uh, world's best regional shopping. airport. I wonder, is there any of? Uh... Come on, though, you don't go to an airport to shop. Come on. Oh, no. Um. <laughs> Okay. I don't know. You shouldn't go to an airport no, to shop. Yes. Nah, well, yeah. I don't yeah. think that's as debatable. But <laughs> no, no access to a weather spoon. Yes, I get that. That's fine. You know, I, <laughs> can I just? I've got the. I've just uh, on the Skytrax the awards. Uh, it's got a list of the world's top one hundred airports. Wow. And uh, Nev, what's this airport in the in the hundredth position? Oh, that's not. That's. Uh, I'm not going to pronounce that because <laughs> I'm bound to get it wrong. <laughs> It's it's one of those airports that you can easily get wrong, so I'm not going to mention it. <laughs> okay, Fukuoka. right. Pardon, Owen. Fukuoka. Are you right? Yeah. Did you want? To... What was that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that, that, that that's. Oh, we supposed to follow that with a bless Fukuoka. you? Is that what? <laughs> no. Okay. Uh, anyway, can we stop being silly now? Yeah. We we do need to finish very soon, and and we've got some military and stuff. Oh yes, so we have. Yeah. And, and we've got a visit to the local uh, pub establishment as we well. We have indeed, absolutely. So uh, we are gonna. Uh, well, we're gonna uh, have some military news, but we are gonna have a quick, swift break. But we will be back with you after these Find this and other great shows at the Aviation Media Network. Thevoicesinyourhead.com The Plain Talking UK podcast is a voluntary project that aims to keep you informed with the latest aviation-related stories from news wires across the globe. Producing our content does cost money, though. If you enjoy our show, why not help us keep on the air by making a donation towards the server and website hosting fees through PayPal. Any contributions would be greatly appreciated. Are you an Amazon user? If so, why not do your shopping through the link on our website? There's no cost to yourself, and Amazon pays us a small referral fee on qualifying purchases. To find out more about the show and to meet the team, take yourself to our website website www.plaintalkinguk.com or find us on facebook at facebook.com forward slash plaintalkinguk on twitter via at plaintalkinguk or get in touch via email on podcast at plaintalkinguk.com thanks Thanks for for listening listening. flyby 5823 trent dane for 23r manchester with air 6x climb flight level 210 direct to britman's park United one two three maintain two eight zero knots. Tandy two. 
stand 544. That's enough air traffic control for today, Nat. Bedtime. Have you ever wondered what it would be like to fly a commercial passenger jet? Looked up at the sky and thought, I wish that was me? Well, now anyone has the chance to have a go at flying in a real aircraft simulator. NP Simulations and Flight Experience London, the only official Boeing-licensed product of its kind in the UK, offer you the chance to fly anywhere in the world in their fixed-base Boeing 737-800 Flight Simulator. And that's not all. Ground School London offers many different courses for the up-and-coming pilot looking for a start in aviation. With prices starting at just £109, the sky's the limit. So, for the ultimate flight simulator experience, or engaging preparatory courses, including those for schools and colleges, check out the websites at www.london.flightexperience.co.uk and www.groundschoollondon.com or call on 020-300-40-616. NP Simulations. Fly your dreams. And we are back. We are indeed. So, uh, welcome back, everyone. I hope uh, you're all enjoying the show in the live chat room. I think it's been a quite a busy chat room this evening, actually, uh, there, Matt and uh, Nev. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, there, um, uh, there was a comment earlier because we had the obviously the top ten, and uh, I think it was Lane. Yeah, Lane Street uh, said that they perhaps should do a top ten airport with the cheapest drinks. Amen to that. Yes, it basically, so it's basically any airport with the weather spoons in it. Is, is that right? Yeah, I think that's yeah. basically <laughs> it, really, isn't Other it? Yeah. Um, outlets are available, of course. Of course. Yes. None, none as good. Of so uh, we <laughs> are going to crack on with uh, the military news, because we have got a couple of really important announcements to make at the end of the show. Have we? How very yeah. exciting. Okay. So let's... if everyone's ready? Yes, 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 I'm good. Are you, are you there, Owen? Yes, yes, I'm, I'm here, ready to go. Here we go, then. So, kicking off this week's first story on the military news segment, this one is on theguardian.com, and it was sad news this week, uh, obviously for those of you in the UK and across the globe, the probably yeah. have seen the story, uh, tributes paid to a Royal Air Force engineer who died uh, in a Red Arrows crash in Wales, and uh, tributes have been paid to the dedicated, skilled and experienced Royal Air Force engineer who was killed when the Red Arrows aircraft in which he was flying crashed in North Wales. Corporal Jonathan Bayliss, uh, who was 41, died when the Hawk T-1 aircraft crashed in a ball of flame shortly after takeoff from RAF Valley at around about 1.30pm on Tuesday. The pilot of the aircraft, uh, Flight Lieutenant uh, David Stark, is being treated for non-life-threatening injuries after managing to eject from the aircraft before the impact. Investigators have been launched uh, into what the RAF described as a tragic accident, the first fatal incident involving the Red Arrow since 2011. Fellow servicemen paid tribute to Bayliss who said that uh, he was uh, fulfilling a schoolboy dream flying in a Red Arrows jet. Sergeant Will Allen, the leader of the Red Arrows group of travelling support engineers known as the Circus, described Bayliss as a genuine grafter who motivated and inspired 
those around him. He said John had a big presence on the squadron and with his uh, wide beaming smile and dry humour could lighten up any dull moment or lift spirits when needed. Both inside and outside of work, he was a generous, kind and caring man who could always be relied upon. Bayliss from Dartford in Kent, who joined the Royal Air Force in 2001 and worked on squadrons at Royal Air Force Base Coltishall in Norfolk and Royal Air Force Base Coningsby in Lincolnshire. He joined the Red Arrows team as a mechanical engineer in January 2016, supporting tours to the Far East, the Middle East and mainland Europe. In 2017, he was a leader of the Red Arrows die team helping to replenish the jets famous smoke systems whenever they landed this year he was selected to be one of the circus team the small group of highly trained engineers who travel with the aircraft and provide technical support away from the home base squadron leader uh, richard bland senior engineering officer of the red arrows said everyone on the team had uh, had a great story uh, about John and without exception he was known as a top bloke with an infectious smile, cheeky grin and possessing a dry sense of humour that had the ability to fill a room with laughter. That is sad news. I mean we've uh, we've all seen the Red Arrows flying at various events over the years and uh, you know what which what isn't always pointed out a lot in the shows is the fact that the the pilots are supported by the engineers um, who uh, obviously, you know, have a big part to play in all the displays that the Red Arrows put on across yes, the globe. And, 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 and it isn't just literally the, the jets that are in the air, is no. it? There, there is a, a huge support team that, yeah. that uh, makes everything work. Uh, you know, uh, I, I know, for example, when we were in Pittsburgh, that uh, it, was, it took me a bit by... Was it, what, what the, what's the name of the American version? Oh, the Blue, uh, the Blue Angels. The Blue Angels, and I've never seen a team so huge frankly i mean they took up an entire hotel in pittsburgh all on their own mm. you know i mean i don't think they quite do that with with the red arrows do they but it's such a massive team that keep it uh, keep the these things in in the air and obviously obviously they're very regular visits to here in norwich aren't they because they yeah, they, they, they choose norwich here. airport when they come into yeah. uh, yeah. uh when they're doing things in lincolnshire and that aren't they so it's uh, oh, and indeed yarmouth and and, and i mean I, to, to put it in perspective um only about 10 percent of their their total um, their total crew uh, are are pilots, so they've they've got about ninety or so support staff, including engineers, yeah. mm. um, I suppose uh, marketing and, and public relations, uh, and a whole host of other people as well. Mm. But it just goes to show how much work uh, gets put into these these displays. Indeed, it's a big knock for the team, but I'm pretty sure that you yeah. know the guys will be. You know, be, be at the air shows and stuff across uh, the UK this year. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Yeah. I mean, I, I, and I'm pretty sure that the the families and and indeed this guy would be horrified if if you know it stopped based on on what happened. It's awful, really, isn't it? I, I guess mm. we we have to just wait till we have. Uh, oh, it's the Thunderbirds as well. I got that wrong. Thunderbirds. Thanks, Steph. Oh right, yeah, okay. the Thunderbirds. <laughs> yeah, we absolutely. saw at Pittsburgh. Yeah. Yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's. Um, well, I mean, they're saying that the the Hawk T one has been flights for, with the Hawk T one have been suspended as precautionary measure while the investigations continue into the cause of the crash, but I dare say that'll be quite a um, that'll quite be, uh, that'll be quite a high priority um, a case. Indeed, yeah. So, so uh, okay, I'll do the next story then. This is on the Popular Mechanics website, and the headline is uh, Navy Super Hornets are getting an upgrade. So the Super Hornet Block 3 will have an improvement to allow it to, fl uh, to flight... 
uh, to fight alongside the F-35C for the foreseeable future. So the US Navy and Boeing are working to upgrade, uh, to update the services fleet of Super Hornet fighters to a new Block 3 standard while gradually updating existing planes to the new standard. The Super Hornet Block 3 will have improvements to the plane's electronics, radar cross-section and range, allowing it to fight alongside the F-35C Joint Striker Fighter for the foreseeable future. The Super Hornet was introduced in the 1990s as a bigger, more capable version of the original Hornet fighter, now called Legacy Hornet. As older aircraft such as the F-14 Tomcat and Legacy Hornet peel off to that great boneyard in the sky, the uh, Super Hornet has gradually come to dominate the flight decks of the US Navy's aircraft carriers. And today, most of the Navy's uh, strike fighter squadrons fly either the FA-18E, the single-seat version, or the two-seat FA-18F. Uh, the U.S. Navy is purchasing enough F-35C Joint Strike Flighters to eventually equip half of the service's flight f- strike fighter squadrons deployed on America's aircraft carriers. The remaining half will still consist of Super Hornets. The new Block 3 standard will keep these fighters relevant as the Navy contemplates flying against advanced air defences and aerial threats from countries such as China and Russia. One Block 3 upgrade, Aviation Week and Space Technology reports, is the use of low observable coatings to reduce the Super Hornet's radar cross signature. The Super Hornet was originally designed with a lower radar cross signature uh, than the Legacy Hornet, but any aircraft planning to operate alongside or otherwise near the very stealthy F-35C needs to uh, needs to up its stealth game. The Block 3 upgrade also consists of an advanced cockpit system with a large area display for improved user interface, a more powerful uh, computer called the Distributed Targeting Processor Network, a bigger data pipe for passing information called Tactical Targeting Network Technology. Another upgrade scheduled for Block 3 is is designed to extend the life time of the jet from 6,000 to 9,000 hours. That will buy the uh, Navy up to a decade more flight per flight time per jet. Sorry, more upgrades include a push to make the aircraft easier to maintain and a reset of their environmental control systems. The last box block three upgrade feature is the use of a conformal fuel tanks, CFTs, that popular mechanics discovered last month. CFTs could extend the Hornet's range by up to 120 nautical miles and coupled with the MQ-25 Stingray aerial refueling drone will increase, increase the odds uh, Block 3 Super Hornets can hold distant targets at risk without, place, without also placing uh, the 5,000 sailors on their aircraft carrier at risk. The Navy will buy the first set of 24 Block 3 Super Super Duper Hornets. Please, <laughs> that please. Uh, it says unofficial name in brackets. I hope they do. Super Duper. Right, uh, next year for delivery in 2020 and will start rotating older jets back to Boeing for upgrades this year. By 2027, the Sea Service expects two out of every four strike fighter squadrons deployed to the fleet will consist of Super Duper Hornets. Really, please don't keep that name. Super duper hornets. It sounds like some kind of joke name. Honestly. Really? Yeah. 
So a bit of bit of new, uh, info on the uh, Super Hornet then uh, for Mr. Warner. He's got his feet up somewhere watching this show, I expect. Yes. Um, first flew in uh, 29th of November 1995, introducing the service 1999, uh, used by primary users the uh, U.S. Uh, Navy, United States Navy, and the Royal Australian Air Force. Uh, 500 of these, uh, just over 500 of these been built so far. Very good. Uh, if you want to go and buy one of these, Matt, because I'm sure uh, you do. Absolutely, well, yeah. We could buy one for Jonathan Warner, because it's... Uh, right. It, I think it's his birthday at some yeah, point Yeah, I don't think it's year. far away, yeah. Yeah, if you want to go and buy you one of these... You think it's his birthday at some point this year? We, we could uh, buy one of these... Really? <laughs> Buy one of these uh, for Jonathan. Well, I think we've got just enough in the Patreon account. Uh, Seventy point five million dollars. Oh, dollars yeah, absolutely. Uh, to yeah, get one of these, so uh, change the spare. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Maybe I can buy another one of my. Uh, maybe I can buy another model to go with this one. We could here. probably. Put you, we could probably provide the point. And that's it. Right. Nothing else. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> <laughs> so the last story then, uh, Nev. What's this one? This is on Flight Global. This is actually following up on a story that we covered a couple of weeks ago oh, about no. the uh, US Air Force criticising Boeing on new KC-46 <laughs> delays. And uh, Secretary of the Air Force, Heather Wilson, heavily criticised Boeing for what she believes will be further delivery days or deli- delivery delays, delays. Yeah. of KC-46A Pegasus aerial refuelling tankers during a House Armed Services Committee hearing on the 20th of March. The USAF had expected Boeing to deliver the first KC-46 by the end of 2017. Now, the airframe manufacturer said that it will deliver by the second quarter of 2018, but the USAF believes it will miss that target date as well. Uh, the Air Force thinks that it's more likely to be late 2018, and Boeing has been in uh, has been overly optimistic on all of their schedule reports, Secretary Wilson said in her testimony. Uh, one of the frustrations with Boeing is that they are much more focused on their commercial activity than getting this right for the Air Force and getting these aircraft to the Air Force. Uh, I think it's probably a little bit unfair because there's there's two different mm. divisions, I would imagine, yeah, within Boeing that just do with, deal with uh, different types of aircraft. Uh, but the US uh, FAA flight testing process has not gone as fast as Boeing thought it would, and the aircraft has Category 1 deficiencies with its remote-operated fueling boom and drogue disconnect, Wilson had said. Uh, we have asked them to get their A-team onto this to get these problems fixed and get the aircraft to the Air Force, she said. Uh, But uh, for its part, Boeing said it's doing all it can to deliver the tank as soon as possible. There is no greater priority at the Boeing company right now than the the delivery of the KC-46, the company says. However, the firm did not guarantee that the first batch of tankers would be delivered by the second quarter of 2018. Whilst there is always a risk, we're making good progress. Again, our goal is to get those first 18 aircraft into the customers' hands as soon as possible, and we're working closely with them to make that happen the company said. We have all 34 low-rate initial production aircraft in assembly and have a great team working to get the planes ready. The US Air Force awarded Boeing a $4.9 billion contract, uh, sorry, $4.9 billion contract in 2011 to modify the 7672C commercial freighter into the KC-46A military tanker. The KC-46A is to replace an aging fleet of 
uh, KC-135 Strato tankers. However, the company has reported more than $2 billion in losses due to manufacturing and development issues since receiving the KC-46A contract. Over the long term, the company believes it can turn a profit as the total value of delivering the 179 KC-46As the US Air Force wants is expected to be about 30 billion but uh, just goes to show you doesn't it you you're trying to um do these very large scale programs and things can go wrong yeah i think this has been a real real thorn in uh in their side mm. this whole uh, project with the tanker and stuff like that and you know you, you kind of assume you kind of think this is based on the 767 and you kind of look and think well you know grab a 767 sling some refueling stuff on and there we go you're all done but i think this is a bit more of a of course you're, you're turning a, a technical what, yeah. what is effectively a commercial aircraft yeah. passenger aircraft into a military tanker. grade yeah. stuff and um it's it, uh, it must be a huge job must yeah be. it's not just well, a case I mean, of painting it like gray trans, uh, like um, <laughs> making a oh i don't know a, a, a sports car into a like a, a lamborghini into a formula one car it, it, they're really different kettle of fish to uh the two aircraft oh what have you seen in the chat room you, i'm just reading some of the comments in the chat room obviously made using. Yeah. neil uh neil lamborn has his post comment he says uh, a team he says i ain't refueling no plane fool right okay very good <laughs> that's not bad carlos i'm impressed oh, that's, yeah. that's quite good <laughs> i know it's been practicing that and everything yeah, yeah absolutely uh, so that is uh, the last story then on the military news segment this week. Sorry, Jonathan Warner. Yes, um, but uh, we have uh, just got a bit of info, really, for the uh, military lovers on the uh, on the show. And uh, for those of you who are in the UK or for those of you around the globe who do have access to BBC One, Ooh, yes. uh, this Sunday, the 25th of March, 8.30pm, on BBC One, uh, there's a program RAF at 100, and this is kind of a, a program all about the uh, the hundredth kind of centenary of uh, the Royal Air Force, and this is uh, going into quite some depth as to where they all started and to where they are now, the Royal Air Force. So it's going to be quite an interesting program. So that's on Sunday, the 25th, this Sunday, at 8:30 p.m. on BBC One. Indeed. There now, uh, Nev, actually, I think uh, you've got a, a bit of an announcement that we've just received from one of our listeners. Yes, hot off the press yes, from uh, our good chum, Graham Haley. Uh, Graham has just um, got, him, got himself together uh, with the ATC guys. It's oh, wow. a well-known <gasps> London airport. Um, so he's going to be doing a sort of a uh, how I got here um, sequence for <laughs> us over the next Fantastic. couple of weeks. He's, he's gone and bought himself a new mic as Aww, well. Uh, so we should be hearing more from Graham in the next uh, couple yeah. of weeks about, oh, his, about his ATC journey, which Indeed. will be uh, really interesting, won't it? Yeah. It will be very fascinating, actually. Mm. And congratulations, Graham. Yeah, nice yeah, sounds good. Yeah. Sounds very good. Very pleased for Look you, Graham. Look forward to yeah, that. Great. And uh, Matt, you have got a story which uh, which sort of came yeah, came now, onto the news. Yes, feeds that's right. Yeah. Now, I was, as I say, I was actually sent this um, by by one of my friend Lee just over there actually earlier earlier in the day, uh, of which, which is the video to which I'm going uh, to play. Because we had a story the, earlier on yeah. the show about uh, kind of uh, the. Uh, misuse of apps or yeah, uh, social media. Yeah, absolutely. So while I play the video, basically, uh, th there's been a, a story that, that's been breaking essentially uh, with people uh, uh, in a cockpit of of an 
EasyJet, I assume either an A319 or an A320, uh, mucking around with uh, sort of Snapchat basically while they're in the air. Now, it is a bit of a non-story <laughs> in some respects, um, but uh, uh, yeah, so uh, th- this is basically sort of the, the update on it essentially. So an EasyJet captain and his co-pilot have been suspended amid reports that they filmed Snapchat videos during a flight. The captain named by the Sun as, uh, is it Michelle, anyway, I can't, uploaded clips of his colleague interacting with animated uh, characters uh, generated by the messaging app. Footage appears to show the pair inside uh, the cockpit of... uh, uh, sorry, uh, 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 footage appears to show that the pair is trying to do two things at once here. I'm not very good at it. Uh, I know, I'm a bloke, I can't do that. Uh, to show the uh, the pair inside a cockpit next to a computer-generated woman and a dancing owl. Passengers' safety was not compromised at any point, the airline said. The BBC has not been able to reach uh, the either of the pilots in question for comment, who appears to have deleted his social media accounts since reports about the Snapchat posts emerged. According to the paper, he filmed the videos at 30,000 feet during a <laughs> uh, flight from Paris to Madrid. Uh, it said uh, it had been contacted by passengers who had branded the stunt dangerous and irresponsible. A spokeswoman for Luton-based EasyJet said it happened when the aircraft was not carrying out any manoeuvre and the flight was being operated safely. She said whilst at no point was safety of the passengers compromised, uh, this falls sh- well short of the high standards EasyJet expects of its pilots. It is not acceptable and it is not represented of the thousands of highly professional pilots who work for the airline. We take the, this issue seriously indeed, and as such, the pilots have both been suspended in line with our procedures pending a disciplinary investigation. So thank you for Pip to sending that uh, update in uh, earlier this evening. But uh, yeah, it's... Uh I don't know. I mean, is why? is it much of a is it that much of a thing? I mean, well, maybe not. But why post it? What? 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 This is the bit. I know. Just, Actually, just, this is what I know, was saying. Uh, as um, <laughs> as my late father would say, you haven't thought it through. No, indeed. I mean, why would <laughs> you? Po- I mean, by all means, have a bit of a laugh and a joke or yeah. whatever at it. But why? Why would you post something like that while mm. you were? Surely, it must have entered into their head at some point that this was going to come back and bite them. Do you know what I mean? It's just like I think with all the stuff that we know about social media and quite a few things that we don't know about it as well after the events of this last week, yeah. I think you've just got to be so careful. And I'm sure EasyJet have you know it's very strict policies in place about what what you can post and what you can't post yeah. so uh yeah very well i mean i i would like to think that probably tweeting from your from the captain or first officer's seat is probably frowned upon mm. i would like to think but uh, anyway there so we i'm are. just looking on flight radar 24 are you right is there an airplane going i've just heard one going yeah. over the oh right. good yes okay oh and sorry you were about to say <laughs> no i think it, it's it's not much of a um it's not uh, as I don't big think it's... a safety issue as, as as people might make it out to be, um, or as irresponsible as people might make it out to be. But again, it's, it's hey, just come on, it's, let's, that... let's be honest. It's, it's an Airbus. The thing flies itself. Apparently, it's got a land button <laughs> anyway. You know. <laughs> uh, oh dear. But anyway, anyway, it's just it, it does not look professional. Uh, <laughs> no, it doesn't. No, no. You mean you never post pictures on social media, Owen? Not exactly when I'm working, no. No, no there we go. No, 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 no. 
No, no just if you're having a haircut, that's all. No, well, no one needs uh, haircut. No, haircuts are different. Yeah, no, and, and also, in fairness to Owen, he didn't get a choice in it because I was the one taking the photograph. Yeah. So, just like, you know, so, so no before we wrap up this week's show, uh, we've got uh, just one more announcement to make, and that's uh, mm-hmm. for a show coming up on the 6th of uh, April. Oh, yes. Uh, that's uh, not next week, uh, but the week after. Uh, on that show, we are going to have uh, the head of air show operations uh, from Farnborough uh, International. Uh, Andy Coulson is going to be joining us uh, live on the show. He is. And uh, Andy has all um, the job of putting together all the infrastructure at uh, the Farnborough Air Show uh, ready for, uh, well, ready for the air show this Indeed, year yeah. in so, July. So, yeah, so that's coming up coming up on Friday the 6th of April. It's in a couple of weeks' time. Uh, so do please get your questions in. Yeah. Uh, either if you, so if you're not able to join us live, why, why not bung us a quick email uh, with your questions? Yeah. Uh, going to be them to lots of questions, I think. Indeed, yeah. Podcast at yeah. plaintalkinguk.com that's podcast at plaintalkinguk.com obviously if you can join us live in the chat room then you can leave your questions as as so many of you do when we have our guests on but uh, yeah this is this is really quite exciting because I mean he is literally in charge of the biggest yeah, he, air show in the well, UK there's no two true. ways it, probably the biggest in Europe maybe I don't know well perhaps not but you know it's yeah, it's yeah. up there. I mean, it must be up there certainly. I mean, Paris is probably sort of the biggest, if you like. Yeah. But I mean, well, it, it runs alongside Paris, doesn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. Every uh, every two two yeah. years it switches over. Every year it switches over, isn't it? Yeah. So it's going to be very exciting. So a real honour, really, to have uh, such a high profile character uh, joining yeah. us. It's going to be good. We, it's going to be interesting to find out just what it takes to put the air show together. I cannot imagine. Yeah. I cannot imagine the paperwork that yeah. man has to go through. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll be on the sixth of. April on the Friday so Indeed. we look forward to that yeah. Okay. so we're going to start to wrap up the show then mm-hmm. uh, so we are going to say a huge thanks to everyone who's joined us in the YouTube chat room this evening loads of names in there as always it's been uh, a fantastic uh, night to see everyone in there and enjoying themselves and chatting amongst themselves quite a bit actually there's been some rather interesting comments Has made there? in the chat room no, none evening. of which that can be broadcast I assume well most of them can <laughs> but uh, yeah it's been good to see you but uh, thanks to everyone in the chat room and also a big thanks as well don't forget to everyone who downloads the show each week yep. via uh, YouTube iTunes Absolutely, and yeah. all the various podcast platforms across the uh, across the network where you can get the show yeah. but uh, yeah and don't forget as well the uh, t-shirts we have still have some t-shirts if anyone wants to get uh, grab themselves one of the uh, P2K t-shirts take yourselves over to the website uh, www.plaintalkinguk.com is a uh, little tab on their store I think it's called isn't it Matt? Yes, yeah, it is, store. Yeah, yeah. You can click on there and uh, grab yourself a t-shirt as well. Uh, any last words Nev? Well I just really enjoyed uh, coming back to the uh, the barn again it's been uh, absolutely great fun and uh, looking forward to uh, Pint uh, yes, absolutely. Ooh, yes, well, it's it, it's um, pint but, uh, time now, yes. ladies and gentlemen. That's that's why we're wrapping up. Really, it's you know, it's an excuse to go down the pub. <laughs> Lane Street has said, yeah. "Short show today, thirsty boys." Yes, yes, very much so. <laughs> yes, we're very <laughs> we we're very thirsty. Uh, absolutely, this is this is the trouble. So, uh, yeah, that is where we're going to uh, bring uh, the show to a close. I'm just going to lean this way and say, "Happy birthday, Lisa." Yes, happy birthday, Lisa. Yes. Yeah. Happy birthday. Absolutely, happy yes. Birthday. Yeah, there we go. So, uh, from all of us here in the studio, uh, Mrs. Nevers tucked herself around the corner. And actually, Gemma is in the barn. Gemma booth. is in the barn. Gemma, do come and say hello very quickly, won't you? Because your fans have missed you, dear. She's ignoring me. Mm. That's fair enough. <laughs> come and say hello very quickly. We'll, we'll get anyway. to come and say hello. Yeah, cause 
Because I, I know some of the people in the chat room have probably missed. Yes, absolutely. Because uh, of course we're, we're we're not allowed in the kitchen anymore. You see, so, <laughs> so come and say hello to uh, some some some. Come and stand next to someone anyway. No, nothing is level in this 17th century barn. I don't know if you noticed that. I, I found that out building the studio, <laughs> yeah, Matt. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I found that out the hard way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, so 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 lean in, lean into your husband. Pretend like you like him. Okay. <laughs> have you have you missed me in the kitchen studio? No, is no. the short answer. No, unable to get on with my life. Yes, what a, what a real treat. Yeah, so so Gemma's here because we're all oh, now going down. The Armando pot, says hi. hi. Yeah, there Armando. we go. Tony S, yeah. Myla, hi, and Jenny, <laughs> and everyone. There we go. Look. That's right. She can't hear you, Owen. I'm afraid, but Owen's saying oh, hello oh, as well. Yeah. Yeah, Owen's Owen. in. Yes, there we go. So right. Uh, so uh, <sighs> that is, I'm afraid, ladies and gentlemen. Where are we going to bring? Where we do? Yeah. So do that. Do that again, Owen. They couldn't see you. Go on, do that again. There you go. Oh, oh bless. So there we are. That's where we bring the show to a close thank you very much as always for uh, keeping us company this evening again thank you for downloading it uh, you're all absolute stars you really are from all of us here in the barn studio have a great weekend everyone bye, bye. bye. bye.